Yes, you're on the podcast where you talk trash. <laughs> Sorry, stutter. Get it together. Okay. <clears throat> this is P.S. You're wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. And enough champagne to <laughs> fill the Nile. <laughs> Truly, this movie, that is the enduring legacy of it, I feel like. Yeah. I'm not sure that anything else will be remembered, but I think yeah. that that is like a TikTok sound that will continue to haunt us for a while i don't know if this is controversial but i really didn't feel like it was that weird of a line reading i think it just didn't really it's not even the line reading so much as then her like throwing the champagne like just randomly Mm. over the side of the boat it didn't really fit with the rest of the movie either and it did Mm. seem very campy so i don't know it that, do you think it was the pause? Do you think it was the champagne? Do you think it was her delivery? Or do you think it was like in the script as it was? I guess there's like four questions in there, but I mean I definitely that line was in the script. Like you think it was she, enough champagne, pause, tosses champagne in the Nile to fill the Nile. Or do I, you think she well, added that the flourish? sentence is like we have caviar and blah, 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 and such and such, and enough champagne to fill the Nile. Like I'm sure yeah. that the way that it was intended was not with not with her with her weird yeah accent and pause and stuff i don't know if the director was like yeah throw like if it was in the script like throw the champagne or that was just like something that they were trying out and ended up when this is nominated for best screenplay and at the oscars it's going to show this the screenplay as the scene plays we're all going to see the beat she tosses the champagne, champagne flirtatiously into the Nile and finishes the line. And then you'll all have to eat your words because it wasn't her fault. I mean, I, I almost think that it's like more of a credit to her. You know, like <laughs> I I admire when an actor is like, okay, this is what it says on the page, but I will be doing something. Uh, I will be giving it extra, you know? Because it would be very easy yeah. to do that line of like, and enough champagne to fill the Nile. You know, yeah. like, like, and it, we would have moved on like with every other line in the movie. <laughs> the fact that she did something different and interesting is remarkable to me. <laughs> I, I give her a point. <laughs> You're Gal Gadot apologist. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So death on the Nile. Uh, this is part of Kenneth Branagh's uh, Branagh. 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 <laughs> I think the G is silent. Um, I guess Agatha Christie universe he's building um, sort of plays into the character he already created in the murder murder on the Orient Orient Express. Express. Mm -hmm. Which is that, is that the through line in these novels too? Or is he just deciding that's the same character? Um, no, that is the through line in the novels. Oh, okay, okay. I have read a number of Hercule Pro books. They're like they're by Agatha Christie. It's it's like Sherlock Holmes, right? You know, yeah, he shows he's up a and solves detective. yeah various mysteries. Um, I I don't think that the 
they made some changes from the book to the movie. And yes. also there is a version of the movie, which I think is a lot better, that came <laughs> out in 1978 that yes. stars... Um, Peter Ustinov and Maggie Smith and Angela Lansbury, Betty Davis, Mia Farrow. It's a very like star study. Yeah. Yes. Like seventies cast. And that movie is incredible because it's entirely shot on location. Like one of the annoying things about <laughs> this awful. movie is that it's all just green screen. Like the entire thing is just, just like, like they 2004 all shot. green yes, screen. They shot it's it in like a bad. warehouse someplace. Like nobody ever set foot in They're Egypt. Horrific. Where the original, it's like they flew all of these A-list stars out to Egypt to shoot at all of these like locations with the pyramids and stuff yeah. and there's all of these articles you can read online about how like all of these people were so miserable and you know <laughs> like they couldn't get food in and they were like passing out because of the heat and they had to make these actors ride camels and all <laughs> kinds of stuff like that which definitely was not happening in the making of this movie yeah yeah um but yeah so he wanted to make this movie it's a remake like you said is based on a novel, like you said. Um, Death on the... I mean, Murder on the Orient Express did not do well. Was this I, already greenlit? I think Murder on the Orient Express did okay. Oh, I mean, I guess... Yeah, I guess it wasn't something critics raved about, is what I mean. I don't oh, know no. the financial piece. Did it make back its money? Let me look. <laughs> <laughs> yes okay yeah the budget was 55 million and it made 350 million oh, okay. so the okay. first one did well okay and that and again it's very like star study cast um yes. that one had penelope cruz daisy ridley josh gad leslie odom jr willem dafoe johnny depp judy dench michelle pfeiffer lots of big name people yeah. and it's and it's like a knives out and the fact that you have all these big names they really only need to show up for like four different scenes because you know, they're not, it's, they're all sort of like being interviewed separately and doing sideways glances and stuff. So yeah. It, yeah it, it, and that one is set on a train. This one is set on a boat. So <sighs> yeah. they don't seem like expensive movies to make. It feels like most of the money is going to like the star power. Yeah. Yeah. I guess getting into it. Um, and a CGI snake in and this the one. CGI, yeah. Just CGI everything. Um, yeah, I went into this. I hadn't read the novel. I hadn't seen the original, the uh, 1970 movie. Um, so I went in pretty blind. In fact, I was running a little bit late. Um, and I walked in to a black and white movie that a bunch of old people were watching. And I was like, is this Belfast? And I had to leave the theater to double check I was in the right theater. Because <laughs> I was like, this is a... There's like a war going on. It's black and white. Kenneth is there. And I was like, this could actually be Belfast. I had the same exact thought. <laughs> when it started and it was black and white, I was like, why? I, like, I knew it wasn't Belfast, but I was like, why is, uh, like, uh, like, why are we doing the same thing? Did he direct this, actually? I guess I was yes. operating. Oh, okay. Yes, he like, directed he this and Belfast. And so. Yeah. But I think this was made first, maybe. Yeah, that's because this I'm has saying. been held for a while. Yes, yeah, it was supposed to come out in twenty twenty, I think. Because um, I'd seen like a trailer or like posters for it or something that I was like, "Oh, this is meant to happen." Um, long time coming. I like I said, my theater was there oh was gosh. a scattering. He directed of old. Artemis Fowl. I forgot about that. That was yeah. terrible. Yeah. He also directed the Cinderella. You like. 
Yeah, no, I know. And um, Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. Did, this is and Thor. Thor. This yeah. is the most random. He's a random guy. Yeah, I really like some of the things he does. Like, obviously, directing wise, I love. I love Thor. I think that was a fun. I mean, love is a strong word. I liked Thor. I thought that was a fun movie. That he's was, done lots of Shakespeare, which is yes, good. and he's like in. I love. Um, did you God, see Mary it, Shelley's Frankenstein? It. The Mary. What is the. Sh- What's the Shakespeare movie he's in? Much Ado About Nothing. Much Ado About Nothing. I love that movie. It's still good. He's great in it. Um, so I think he's like a man of many talents, and I don't doubt that for a second. But I, I did not enjoy this movie. I, I wanted it to be campier because of the way people responded to the death on the, uh, enough champagne to fill the Nile thing. And at some moments it was, but then in other moments it was just like bad. And I don't know if that's just part of the campiness that I just couldn't embrace. But I I wasn't that impressed with this. I'll just say that off the bat. I felt the same about this as I felt about Murder on the Orient Express in that it was fine. I didn't think that it was bad, but I also did not think that it was like a great movie. It really wasn't doing very much interesting with the material yeah and it felt like that there would have been ways to make it yeah more campy more fun more exciting like that there was uh, when you're revisiting a piece of material that's been done so many times in different tv shows and movies that you have to kind of like bring something to it you know it's like when they redid emma recently it's like okay well at least this is stylist i mean you didn't like yeah. it but like stylistically <laughs> it was very different right where this the only style choice was uh, we're going to do everything in cg <laughs> well and what was interesting to me is i read the synopsis for the 1970s film and it's pretty much the exact same like beat for beat which obviously you can't like rewrite agatha christie like she's a master of you know reveals and twists and it's like a fun mystery but it seems like there could have been something to zhuzh up the piece or they did like character swaps or they modernized. They did sort of like a colorblind casting situation where there was interracial relationships and stuff. And there was a lesbian couple, but it was like, I don't know the, the heart of the mystery wasn't uh, modern, not modernized, but wasn't changed in any way. So it was sort of like, what was, what would be entertaining for people who love the source material watching this necessarily? Yeah, they did not, they did swap out a couple of different things. Um, but yeah, it's basically the same. But at the same time, I think that what makes the mystery good and why this is one of her more famous books is because of the, you know, uh, because of the like central sort of plot and the whodunit and the reveal. And so there's not like, if you're not going to change that up, then yeah, you're just sort of left tweaked the peripheral characters a bit which they did some but none of the like so in the 1978 version all of the characters are get i mean one i think the caliber of actor is a lot higher in that movie but also all of the characters are given very specific sort of like mannerisms and points of view Mm -hmm. where in this movie everybody sort of felt a little bit boring um and the characters that they ended up tweaking, I think they, in some ways, made them duller. Mm. Um, 
like in the original version, the um the character that is uh, what Salome um Otterborn, the doctor. Who, no, no oh, this is the jazz singer lady. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. In yeah. the new version, and the so in the new version, she's like a <laughs> she's like the a jazz singer who's the mother of a friend of the of the Gal Gadot character in the in the book and in the original version, she's like this very kooky like romance writer mm. who's sort of like um like hippy dippy like wearing shawls and things. Angela Lansbury plays the character and it's just like wild. Like every scene that she comes in is she's doing a whole bit. Where in this movie they kind of make her the love interest of Perot, but she's very like flat. There's I not really anything I there. Yes, and then exactly. I imagine them in love. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it was not doing much for me. Um, similarly, the um, the Van Schuyler character, the sort of like wealthy older woman who it turns out yes. is a, a lesbian. She's not a lesbian in the original, but she's much more of like a like snobby rich woman whose assistant is is Maggie Smith and is sort of like this stern like woman who has to follow her around. So their dynamic is 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 more like crazy person straight woman and yeah. then you realize that the rich lady is actually a kleptomaniac too so like that's a whole plot line <laughs> where in this they're sort of just like kind of friends and then it turns out oh wait they're actually lesbians but other than that there's no real distinct like difference between the two of them or their characters yeah and it didn't end up mattering or being any like moving reveal or something like it mm -hmm. was just kind of just thrown in there and that was sort of my takeaway too is that all of these characters felt like very much the same and they all hated her for the same reasons basically like sure the dressings was different where the businessman was trying to hide something or the ex-lover was mooning for her but it was like everyone was just kind of like droll and just uh, no one was having fun there's no one like enjoying their time on the trip whatsoever like even before people started dying and so it was like it just was watching all these rich people just kind of have tea and then and then faint around the drama of things as they happened and I just wish there'd been more color or energy or something like even the side story of um the this character from the murder on the orient express book oh yeah that's the tom bateman character yeah. so he is, yeah he was originally in that movie and then kind of comes over here and takes over another character i read but yes um so he's sort of like uh the the through man for the I wanted to say inspector, but um, the detective to come on board, um, whose name I literally could never figure out is Por Poirot. Poirot. He's yeah. very French. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this ridiculous mustache. I think he's actually Belgian. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Belgian. And he has this ridiculous mustache, which we find the origin of through this really melodramatic black and white sequence. <laughs> That was the that was the campiest part of the show. Honestly, was the was the fact that we had that whole black and white sequence, which really the only point of it was to explain why he grew a mustache. Yeah, to and hide the his disfigured face. But also, anybody who knows anything can tell you that, like, if there's scar tissue, like, if like yes. the mustache is not going to hide that, anyways. I think he just happened to have very very rich. Um, I don't know. Maybe like Whiskers. the pores along. Yeah, we're able to hide the bald spot. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it was. I literally laughed out loud when that was what she said. 
I think the main point of that of that um, black and white sequence is to show that he had this lovely wife who was there for him, and then he, you know, through the course of the movie, you realize she he lost her in some way and was and was no longer interested in love because it, you know, he lost it and it hurt him and he betrayed by it. I will say that I thought it was a somewhat smart or interesting move to have this kind of thematic theme line be like, what would you do for yes. love? Yeah. Which isn't really, uh, that is the crux of the murder in the book, but it's not like a theme with the rest of the characters. Yeah. So to somehow manage to work that into the rest of the people on the ship, I did think was smart, yes. but they should have uh, had more fun with it. Yeah. Someone it wasn't had interesting. A, someone should have had energy, some, some fun, fun love, you know, like something to, I don't know, break up the monotony of people just staring sadly off of boats and giving side eyes and well, stuff. Nobody, there was nobody funny in the cast. Yes, no like one. Kenneth Branagh, I think, or not Kenneth Branagh, uh, Russell Brand is cast, but like did nothing funny at all in the movie. So I don't know why they necessarily needed him. Oh my gosh. I did not realize that was him. Yeah. The doctor. I was like, I recognize him. I was like, Oh, this is like someone I recognize. That is funny. That is him. He was very serious. I think that the, the most entertaining person in the cast was Gal Gadot. Yeah. Like, I yes. think she was the one who was doing the most fun things. I also yes. did like Emma Mackey, the girl from Sex Education. Like, she, I thought she was good in the scenes that she had, but she wasn't, like, required to do, she's like, anything fun. No, she was oh, the, she's the, lover, she's the, the like, yeah, jilted yeah, lover. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was also what was funny to me, is it starts with the black and white series, like, oh, his cap commander died and he feels guilty it takes then forever it, <laughs> to get to the kill forever then, oh it takes forever to get to kill but the next scene is him going to this um you know french club and these dance these couples are like having sex on the dance floor <laughs> you're like watching uh the original lover grind and like twirl with at one point Army she's like Hammer. down on the floor yes, with her kind of like butt in the air i was like what like, is this freaking dry I was like, this her. Isn't, and it wasn't even hot it yeah, was it, it so was just awkward, awkward looking I was like, what club is this like i'm sure you know obviously this was happening but i don't know if like that sort of modern dance i don't know i don't know i need to watch some sort of documentary about the dance styles of the 1920s because it was a lot and then gal gadot shows up gal gadot shows up and she dances with him and similarly has this like sexy little lift her crotch into his face and then do the splits down his body. And it's like, this is your first dance, ma'am. Like, how did they you just guys- met minutes ago? <laughs> how did you guys know to do this? Um, that made me laugh a lot, actually. And I was like, oh, this is like a fun movie. Like, it's silly. It's over the top. But then, yeah, they cut to being in. Well, even then, yeah, they cut to being in Egypt and there's this man flying a CGI uh, kite, kite off the off pyramid, the which that was like, what? And he like marches up to the pyramid, which is so like 1990s. Here's the set piece of the rocks set against the green screen that shows yes. the rest of the yeah. <laughs> skyline. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, OK, so this is silly. This is going to be silly. But then, yeah, no, it just like the energy just is pulled right out of the balloon. And it's just like, yeah, because it's never really fun. It's not like none of the characters are doing anything interesting. Like with Knives Out, I think one of the reasons why it it hits so well is because all the characters are very distinct. They all have unique, interesting, funny 
bits that they're doing, whether it's like the boy who, you know, is like masturbating in the bathroom or Tony Collette's character or like they're just all yeah. intriguing. And I feel like that's the best example we have recently mm. of one of these like ensemble mystery films. Yes. And this just nobody was like even Annette Benning, who you would think is like a yeah. solid actress like she's not doing anything interesting we're in the 1970 version like everyone is doing outlandish yeah. things it's like they told they gave the cast the first day like everybody has to pick a weird thing and just do it for the entire movie where this no one was given that everybody felt like they were going for an oscar yeah it seems like they could have done something more like the great gatsby like baz Luhrmann's great gatsby where it's like over the top but still like dramatic and serious and so it's like they could have had parties that were like ostentatious and like fun to watch and everyone's doing their own little thing in corners. But I don't know what it was. The set pieces were very small. The cast was very small. And so like even the wedding scene where you like realize, oh my gosh, um, Gal Gadot had stolen her best friend's boyfriend, fiance, and is now married to him. And they're the ones honeymooning. It was just like this lame party that was then this dramatic like reveal of the woman in red stalking them and it's the jilted lover and she like won't leave them alone but there was no like confrontation there was no interesting party reveal it was just like the door is open and she walks in and then the party's yeah. over it and felt I, very cheap yeah it was just like i wanted something but it just seemed like the only thing that the director felt to give us were these weird moments where it's like look at how gorgeous gal gadot is like it's like the reveal of the queen of the nile i literally laughed out loud in the theater and someone turned around and judged me but it's like that was just like so randomly over the top that it didn't fit the rest of this the the rest of the energy of the film where it's like he's like oh we're gonna take a boat and why wouldn't we when we have the queen of the nile and it just turns to reveal <laughs> gal gadot sitting on this throne with a wig it's never explained. Yeah, like yes. it just goes away instantly. Yes. It was so bizarre. <laughs> so bizarre. And the fact yeah. that like you could kind of tell that they hadn't even built the full boat set. Oh, yeah. Like it was just definitely pieces of it that they yes. put together. But then there were sort of outlandish moments that you wish they had nodded to more. Like at the end, everybody's disembarking in full like funeral clothes. And you're like, why would they have these outfits on this boat if they're going if they were planning on going to a wedding party you know yeah but yeah, exactly. but like nobody mentions that yeah. the the fact that like a woman is is hiding a gun in her hat the entire time like there's lots of just <laughs> weird stuff that doesn't well, that and, like you could have had fun with well gal gadot and uh, starts quoting cleopatra antony and cleopatra as she's trying to there's, grind on her husband yes on the rocks of the temple. And I was like, what is she saying? And then it clicked what she was happening. But it was like, they're just like... Also, <laughs> that scene killed me because in the original, it is so cool because they're at this giant like outdoor... Um, uh, like Egyptian yeah, it's a gorgeous temple, temple thing. Yeah. yeah, with all of these pillars. And it's very like cool to watch these casts like sort of wander around in there where this it, it looked like a bad like disney hallways. uh like indiana jones ride that they yeah. built one hallway for they just and... kept cycling the characters through the yes. same hallway <laughs> yes truly <laughs> it was funny because it was a long scene i kept waiting for like something to happen in the temple or like people would like I thought we'd learn more well, about Gal the other Gal says half of Antony and Cleopatra yeah. <laughs> while she's on that rock. Yeah, but I just thought we'd learn more. Like, that is where we learn that book is in love with um, 
the manager of the singer and it's like oh okay but then you don't really see them interact like it just cuts to them running off to a corner and then it's like oh here's another corner and it's like the doctor just like wandering sad like it was like nothing was happening but we kept on turning down these same corners and hallways and then it was like here here's sound and someone looks up and here's sound and someone looks down and it's like Nothing was happening, but the we were just like circling it. was so it. <laughs> weird because it was over halfway done before Gal Gadot got, gets killed. Is that not how it is? I mean, I think what the whole mustache thing is not in the original book. Right. But I think we get to her murder quicker. Yeah. Because then everything after in the movie felt so rushed. There was yeah. so like all of the interviews and him explaining things and them running through the timelines was like very quick. I, if I hadn't have known, if I didn't know the storyline, I feel like I would not have been able to follow it. And even yeah. some of the stuff I wasn't able to follow because it was different than the book. <laughs> like, were you able to follow it? Cause I felt like once she died, they were in like power mode where mm. just all this stuff was happening until you got to the final reveal. And you were like, wait, what? Like, uh, like if I, if I went back, I'm like, uh, you know, like what? Who who took the handkerchief to do the what? Why was the paint stole? Like there was yeah, so many I things. Feel like I remember, I think they really hold your hand through it, where it's like they draw attention to the paint to the point of not only her calling out, "My paint's gone, my paint's gone," but they zoom in on the paint tray, yes. and like show an empty. I don't yes, know. You like, definitely no know red. they're doing something <laughs> with the paint. Yeah, and it's like same with the scarf. It's like my scarf is missing. Did you see my scarf this morning? It's like so yeah. they set it up very clearly. Like there's no subtlety in this movie. Um. And then on top of that, with the murder mystery like this, it's basically like, you know, that all the early interviews are going to be like, not the point. Like, it's not any of these people. But what was funny to me was that they tried to make the interviews interesting by having them meet in different rooms in the boat. But it's yes. like, why is this happening this way? Like, my favorite was when they're interviewing um, the business man friend like the the co-business owner or whatever oh, and they're yeah. just like circling him and the camera's circling with them and they're just standing in this empty room as they <laughs> circle each other and i was like how would this be a normal interaction for these humans like why are they just okay with this happening as it is and same with like yeah every time he interviewed someone it just had to be something different where it's just like on a staircase or it's in the in the butcher's like the pantry or something but my lingering questions were more about the like the setup of this boat like first of all what kind of establishment sends their entire staff off site for the evening <laughs> yeah i'm trying to remember i don't think that's a part of the it's like the, they don't have to be helpful, but it just seems weird to be like. Well, maybe they just can't sleep there because there's not room yeah. on the boat. Yeah, maybe. but yeah, I can't remember how they sort of get around that in the book because obviously you like there's not the suspects aren't the um right the staff. Yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah, they just need to clear the yeah. But then there were so many staff members. <laughs> it very so like many staff. like there's people clearing out the bodies. There's like forty people on the favorite. boat. It's like these girls in these tennis skirts, like and they had <laughs> a they had the a march down the stairs. They had like, like they were in step with each uh -huh. other. There was a moment before the steps where they with they everybody both was very prepared and, like, for their a heels. funeral. Yeah, the workers <laughs> were prepared for the funeral. Everybody brought funeral attire. I'm gonna have to start doing that for trip. You know, it just in amazing. case I need a I need a hat with a veil. Yeah, yeah. A black skirt yeah. suit. <laughs> and okay, so yeah, the Gal Gadot, like the mystery of it. I I was 
I guess like this is spoiler territory, but yeah, I let's talk about whatever. what actually happened. Because Gal Gadot is. You know, she steals her best friend's man, which is a party foul. And then all of her friends hate her because she's like beautiful and rich and kind of a bitch. But um, and so it's like, oh, who would do this? Everyone has motivation because she's such a troll. And it's like, I wish they'd had more spicy like levels. I don't know. I felt like I was meant to like her, but I feel like it would have been better if we sort of hated her. Not like hated, like, oh, good riddance, but just like to feel why I would believe that half these people would kill her. Because I never, ever for a single second thought anyone was likely to have murdered her except the jilted lover, the husband, because it's always the husband, and maybe the maid. But it's like everyone else, it's like they didn't have reason enough to like want to murder her. And I feel like it could have been more interesting if she had leaned into the bitch trope a little bit harder. Yeah, because she's almost Cause she's the like most likable person yeah. in the cast. Maybe because she's the most charming of them. Just yeah, the way but she's not. I'm trying to remember how how it like works in the book. Um, Maybe because... it's like Gal Gadot's fault because it's like when she delivers a line that's like, oh, this would have been your wedding trip or your, yeah. your honeymoon. It wasn't like played in any serious way. It was just like flippantly read very coldly. Like she's not like the most uh, verbose. Well, uh, well, also, you feel like the, the vibe with her relationship with the other characters, which she says at one point to Emma Mackey is like, Oh, everybody else only cares about me for my money. Yeah. So you sort of feel a little bit sympathetic for her because you're like, oh, everybody just wants to be friends with her because they want her money. And also because we keep hitting this line over and over again of like, well, you just sort of love who you love and it, and <laughs> you have no choice. You It lets her off the hook yeah. a lot it's never played in the movie like oh she was terrible for stealing her best friend's boyfriend it's sort of like <laughs> well that's what happens in love and i mean yeah. I, granted you stole your best friend's boyfriend but you know that's <laughs> that's whatever yeah it was just like you were like i relate to Gal Gadot. <laughs> it makes sense to me i didn't see anything wrong with it it just by the by the first like murder interview by the, by the first mur- interview about the murder of gal gadot's character i was like okay, this is clearly going to be the husband because I literally don't believe anyone else on here cares enough about her to like want her dead. But there's an obvious draw to why this poor man who would gain a lot from her death would actually be in cahoots with his ex-girlfriend to pull this off. Like, I don't know. I don't think I'm like, well, I don't think I'm like exceptionally clever at like solving these riddles. It just felt like, I don't know. Like it seemed obvious because it, and I think part of the problem is because these characters around her were so boring and dull that it could yeah. not be them. Right. So yes. I don't know if that's a symptom of like, obviously we've seen so many murder mysteries at this point in our societal memories that it's like hard to surprise anyone anymore. But it, I feel like I would have been more surprised if they tried to play up the drama of the other cast members. Yeah. I mean, cause the, the basic kind of premise or reasons why you don't think it's them is because they set themselves up with these alibis that are so strong that you're like, yeah. okay, well, obviously it wasn't the two of them because one of them was shot in the leg and the other one was the one who shot them. <laughs> yeah. But I think that we, yeah, it's, it's always look, the husband. <laughs> well, and it's just like, it has to be somebody who's like sort of surprising. Yeah. Like, like you don't read this book or know that this is like a, a master 
class uh, mystery and think like, oh, it gets to the end and it was just like the maid who did it because she wanted the money. You know, yeah. it's like, well, that's such a boring way that you you kind of, as the characters prove themselves to be dull, you're like, okay, well, it can't be, it can't be the brother. It can't be the, this person. So I feel like the options were limited in my mind to like, okay, well, is it like Perot's friend? Is it, the, you know, like the guy yeah. flying the kite? Like, is it the jazz singer lady? Because she's sort of like the love interest of Perot. I was like, it's really limited to like a couple of people. And obviously I knew who it was the entire time anyways, but, yeah. but yeah, it wasn't, there wasn't enough intrigue. And I felt like they didn't do a good enough job of, sort of setting up the fact that it could not be them because of their alibi. Like it was touched yeah. on, but I felt like it was still sort of like, uh, like they didn't drive that home enough. Yeah. Yeah. And it almost was like, why did he pass over? Like, why did he accept their alibis so quickly? Like it seemed like yeah. more detective work, honestly, mm -hmm. like, honestly, <laughs> you should have still pushed them a little bit. But, um, I will say that I did like the twist of book being like involved because you do have like a connection to him. He's one of the more charming characters. He seems like the least drama of them because he's so like boyish and just like puppy eyed about his girlfriend and wanting that. And so I liked the twist of him, um, that dramatic confession where you're like, Oh my gosh, what did he do? What did he witness? Why was he involved? And then I did feel sad when he when he was shot. That was pretty brutal. I thought that was a good move because in the original book and movie, it's the jazz singer character who mm. who gets killed in that spot instead. Yeah. Um. Because yeah, so it's not there's like less impact. Yeah. With it, it's just sort of like another random character gets killed. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I sad. thought that I thought that was a good move and i liked that that like that traumatized um why do i keep forgetting perot perot like it felt like that was an emotional moment in a movie that was completely lacking emotion up to it like army hammer really tried to sell it when he saw gal gadot's body and like yes. to him he knows how to cry um but i really didn't feel emotional until like book died and it was like oh and he failed as a detective like it was like that's a sad moment to realize you figured it out too late and then he kind of he kind of <laughs> he does this dramatic locking of the doors for no mm -hmm. reason oh whatsoever. yes oh, love a good uh dramatic reveal but he like fires the gun it was like too it needed to be more campy you know yes yeah that's what needed to happen yeah i thought the movie was fine but there was like too many moments that were like slightly campy but not campy enough yeah. and then there were too many moments that were just boring like we right. needed the cast to be more <laughs> extreme i mean even yeah. the fact that like the one woman's whole character trope was that like she used to be rich but now she's a communist <laughs> yes. like that could have been way funnier and more interesting in sort of like an out of touch like i'm one of the people yes. now kind of vibe and yes. we did not get that at all you got one um, line at the reception and then just never revisited again and also like, the maid the nurse like hated her so i was very confused when it was revealed that they were lovers i was like, like so was she pretending to be annoyed by her i was just thinking of um nine perfect strangers oh yeah <laughs> and just like i did not love that show but how much 
better those characters were, like how much more extreme and sort of like unique they were mm. than this, where yeah. it where they you know what their energy is. Where this, it's like you don't really like. There's nothing distinguishing about any of them other than yeah. these kind of like random plot points that you're going to forget. Well, yeah, and for the people who are who didn't watch but want to know what happens, it turns out that yes, the the jilted lover actually set up the whole thing because she knew Gal Gadot would wouldn't be able to keep her hands off her fiance knew that she'd go after him and figured out that if he got married to her they'd be able to murder her and run off together with bounties of money and so they (laughs) they organized the whole thing which I feel like was poor planning like over the top like I feel like if you want to get away with murder in that situation it would have been as easy as you know pushing her off the temple ledge and being like oh my gosh she just fell and died and calling that good whereas getting on a boat and and siphoning off the potential uh explanations just is asking for it to be solved like I am I wrong like it seems like there's a lot more easy ways to kill her than having this jilted lover stalking them making people worried if it's her then proving it's not her but then it has to be someone else on board it's like did you think this through like or did you overthink it yeah I don't know why if they wanted to get rid of her they needed to have all the attention on them and then sort of prove themselves to be innocent via an alibi when they could have just you know, not been sort of like like, involved. Yeah. I I think that the Emma Mackey character did not need to be involved at all. Like the army hammer character could have bopped her off of the ledge up there at the temple and been like, Oh my gosh, like I can't believe this. And then he gets the money and then he can marry, you know, Emma later. Yeah. Especially if that's the thing is, is like, if your strategy is to end up marrying her anyways, it's like, Emmy Mackey should have been best friends with Gal Gadot in spite of her stealing the husband and should have been the adoring best friend. So then logically people would be like, oh, well, it makes sense that they end up together after the tragic death of her best friend and his lover. Like, it's like, I just, I I guess I need to take it up with Agatha Christie because that didn't change from the novel. But I just feel like it seemed like a little over the top, like master planning. Like it was just, you could have solved a lot of headache and actually pulled it off by just like, I don't know, doing it old school, arsenic, like whatever you want. There are solutions that could have worked better than ending up on a boat in a murder mystery. (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to remember why the, like why they decide to do that in the book, because everything has like a lot more explanation in the book, obviously. So well, I'm it's like, just like why? a fun setup, and I'm sure I wouldn't have cared necessarily. I mean, yes, but like, why are they? Why did they have to do it in Egypt rather than yeah. someplace else? <laughs> like, I feel like there might have been a reason for that of kind of like, oh, well, in Egypt, you know, there's no like, there's less laws or something, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. The other thing this movie did to really drum up the drama is it would just suddenly cut to an animal killing another animal, which I Those found delightful. Were also. <laughs> Like, very entertaining and campy, where, like, the alligator just, like, eats the stork or whatever. Yeah, just no explanation. Really Also, unsubtle. I loved the ner- the maid's body, like, oh, getting yeah, churned up in the, in the water wheel. I thought that was funny, yeah. too. Again, though, they just needed to hit these notes harder. Yeah. This could have been, like, a camp classic. I think that some of the issue was the casting. Oh, yeah. I don't think that they got 
ca- like charismatic enough cast members. Like imagine putting Anne Hathaway in truly like any <laughs> of these roles. Like she would have been like eating up the scenery. Yeah, it felt like everyone involved from director, writer, actors thought they were making a real like art piece, you know, like a very well done, a well crafted yeah. mystery. And I think they really should have, to your point, leaned into more of the knives out vibe or something a little bit more silly and where's like an aquafina like in here (laughs) you know like i think we needed at least like a couple of those kind of characters well that was part of the curse of this movie is that you know it's more well known for the the cancellation of its cast than the story itself because you have the cannibal army hammer gal gadot who is uh problematic in many ways uh take your pick and then a couple of anti-vaxxers, which I guess is Russell Bl- Russell Brand. Was he one of them? I think Russell Brand is like sort of problematic in other ways. Oh, okay. I like, can't remember. There were two anti-vaxxers on Letitia Wright is definitely one yes. of the anti-vaxxers. And then one of the dudes, but I don't remember which one. It, it could have been him. But yeah, this is pretty funny to see people talk about that. Well, you could also <laughs> sort of tell in the marketing of the movie, like the poster, it's like, Gal Gadot is like front and center with Kenneth Branagh. Like Army Hammer is sort of like in the back more now. <laughs> where you definitely think that had he not been canceled, he would have been moved up further in the poster. I also yeah. don't like. I was also really confused about the Rose Leslie casting because I feel like she is somebody who is more well known, but she was given like literally nothing to do. She maybe had ten lines in the whole thing. Rose um, Leslie. She's the girl from oh, the Downton maid. Abbey and yes. um, Game of Thrones, but she's like a French maid, even though she's not French. Oh, it was and bad. She, yeah, it was yeah. very bad. Uh, I was like, what? Like, like, what is she doing in in this <laughs> cast? Yeah, yeah. No, every single character could have done with another like rewrite something, some sort of tick, something to make them more entertaining, more endearing, whatever it is. Because all of them, except maybe Book, were super like flat and uninteresting. And I like the monologuing was not doing it for me. You got monologue after monologue of their woes with Gal Gadot's character. And it's like, you know, show don't tell. I think that would have served them well in some, in some of the Yeah, I could, I could have done with some more sort of like angry glances at each yes. other, or like mutterings and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Cause I thought, oh, when there was like, oh, I'm going to sell the London house, I thought maybe you know, one of the characters storms off and I was like, oh, she must have, that must have been her house. And now she's going to be, now she's going to be homeless. But it's like, no, it was just like some sad, like business. I don't know. Her I was family like, oh, used to have money yeah. or something. I don't know. <laughs> and then, and then, um, the books lover being like, mad that she was being investigated which you can be mad at that but she really had it out for Perot she was like very anti-Perot from the beginning and it's like what do you have against him ma'am like what is happening here there was no like reason for her antagonism and I feel like I would have been I would have welcomed her to be like a bitch about it like whatever I don't need her to be funny and happy and charming all the time but it's like what did book and her have going on like I did did not see them interact one single time I guess they did hug at one point. So yeah, and so- sometimes with these 
type of movies. I wonder, like, were there scenes that were just cut <laughs> that would have, like, added more to some of these people? But they, they were like, oh, no, this is too long. Because yeah. um, it is confusing, or it is hard when you have such a big cast of people that's, that everybody gets their moment. But... Yeah, with Knives Out, they managed to make everybody fairly compelling or interesting. Or if they weren't, they were given, like, their personality was a funny tick. It wasn't yeah. just no personality. It's like, okay, well, your personality is, you know, <laughs> that you yeah. only talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers or whatever. Yeah, and it's, it's like, like, okay, well, at least that's a <laughs> weird thing. Yeah, let's take away, like, seven of um, the Jilted Lover's monologues about how much she loves love and, like, give a little bit more zhuzh to the. A little sprinkle of something to anyone else on this cast. Because it's like, if I have to sit there and hear her talk about how the wives of pharaohs were not, were buried alive when their husbands died. It's like, first of all, that's not true. (laughs) That's a a fabrication. And also, why are you here drawing attention to yourself if you're just going to be the murderer anyways? (laughs) I don't know why that angered me so much in the end. I was like, you really, you really shot yourself in the foot here. I mean literally in some cases i mean there definitely is that as a trope in mysteries where the person who hires the detective is the person who actually yeah. did the kill it so it's like you're kind of like well wait why would they do this like, this doesn't really make sense but it's like it's an interesting way to kind of work your way around yeah. it yeah i mean it was all fine they ended up killing themselves which was very dramatic and i i love the good slink down and they're trying to be dead weights but then you also can tell that they aren't fully dead weights no yeah because they're very posed yes (laughs) but then the movie makes this weird choice to do this six months later like time jump but nothing happened. Where he, sh- he shaved the mustache. Yeah, he shaved the mustache and he goes to listen to the jazz singer. And it's like, oh, did, will he find love again? But it's like, if he wants to make this sort of Agatha Christie universe where he continues to do these Perot novels, it's like set up for something. Like add a little bit. Give us something. I thought there'd be like a, you know, a gasp, a gunshot, whatever. A sort of zoom in on him and he wiggles his eyebrow like something. But it was just like, oh, are we supposed to be like happy for him? Because... Again, I felt nothing with this connection between them because he never indulged it. Like, I don't know. It was just like, I could have done without that completely. I think the movie's done okay, but I sort of don't think we're getting a third one of these. Yeah, they're not going so. Like, it's not wowing anyone. So it's sort of like, is it worth yeah. his time? Yeah, like, what's the point? Especially post-Belfast, yeah. where <laughs> I feel like he's going to be able to make more... He's like, oh, okay, I can do something good. <laughs> serious? Well, especially because he's going so serious with this anyways. It's not like this was a comedy and, oh, yeah, he wants to continue yeah. doing that angle. Yeah. Yeah, it just seemed like it, there was a lot of like, oh, they can't keep their hands off each other and that's good characterization. Whereas I would have wanted something a little bit deeper and like take away some of these like, I don't know, like the CGI snake attacking them for no reason or them traipsing through town like it's like pick a lane and like dedicate yourself to it because I wanted more either camp or like dramatic characterization and instead it just felt kind of half drawn I feel like you should have you watched the old version no I was going to but it's not available anywhere oh it's so good I feel like you would really like it yeah I mean it's just like I think this also 
it just struggled with a cast that wasn't that strong. It was trying to do some like modernization without modernizing the timeline that didn't pay off. It just felt like, I don't know, fan service mm-hmm. in some ways. And so I just feel like something's got to give and they couldn't ultimately decide on what because the cast wasn't talented enough to pull it from the from the, <laughs> the gutter. Apparently the original was part of a trilogy and it was Murder on the Orient Express, Death on the Nile, and then one called Evil Under the Sun, which I haven't read. So maybe yeah, they'll try to remake that one. Up. But this says about that one, unlike its predecessors, the film was a commercial failure. <laughs> so maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Well, it happened and we watched it. And, you know, if you haven't gone to see it, I don't think I don't think you need to. I'm going to say yeah. it's never. This is going to be one of those movies that we get to the end of the year and we do our ranking and it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot that that was even a, yeah, like, oh yeah, because there's always some of those where you're looking down the list. You're like, that was a movie that did come out this year and I can't remember very much about it, but I did see it. Yeah. Honestly, Marry Me was so much better. And I'm mad that this won the box office because I enjoyed Marry Me far more than this one. Marry Me was definitely better than this movie and will have a more longer lasting cultural impact, I think. Yes. From your lips to God's ear. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I think that the entirety of the cultural impact of this is enough champagne to fill the Nile. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's all that this movie is getting. Where Marry Me, I think, has like more stuff going on. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, still a joy. I always love a dumpuary moment. Um, I don't know what we're doing next. Oh, Batman. No, wait. That's in two weeks. No, Batman's in two weeks. I was looking at the list. There's really nothing that comes out <laughs> next week. So Shoot. I feel like... We could either do Marry Me or Uncharted. Um, okay. I guess Cyrano comes out. I saw that a while ago. But then the weekend after that is is Batman. Okay. Okay. We'll figure it out. We always find also, something. Also, there's a new Cheaper by the Dozen. That's Ugh, Don't even get what? me started on that. It's not even what? Cheaper by the Dozen. It's yours, mine, and ours. It's like Cheaper by the Dozen is about a couple who who bangs so much that they have 12 kids. Yours, mine, and ours is about a two married couples intersecting you know getting married to each other i mean two widows or something getting married and combining their families cheaper that's what this new movie is with gabrielle union and stuff and it's like don't call it cheaper by the dozen if you're just doing yours mine and ours also the books cheaper by the dozen are very good yeah they are charming i think it's really hard to read now and think wow that's a lot of kids that's too much that's too much there's no way this is cheaper in any in any way shape or form but anyways yeah that's coming out that's my rant we'll see if we do it also the original cheap brother doesn't just so good yeah <laughs> i forgot <laughs> you are a cheap it's like piper parabo yeah. and hillary duff it's like a good cast okay, okay, okay anyways okay. we'll figure okay, out what cool. we're doing this week <laughs> but until then you couldn't follow us on social media you know all, all the usual stuff yeah <laughs> okay see you guys next week bye